Live life the Edgecorp way. Punch the clock. Keep your head down. Collect your pay. This is the day-to-day -day reality of working stiffs in a rough galaxy. But when the crew of the cargo freighter Calamity fails to catch break after break, their lives are turned upside down. Bad cargo, spiraling debt, and a woman's life on the line. All with the Golden League Crime Syndicate breathing down their necks. It's no surprise that these blue-collar folks get desperate enough to take any job. Can't let danger or moral compromises get in the way of their bonus checks. So goes life, far beyond the stars. Space Excited! Hi. We're gonna hoost the heist. <laughs> You're gonna hoost some heisting. It's gonna be incredible, given the nature of how we record these things. It hasn't been that long since we've all seen each other, but uh, it has been a couple of months for all of our listeners, and we are about to start season two. How do we feel? How are we feeling about going into season two, gang? Oh my gosh! You know what? About this campaign has always been empty wallets we're trying to make the best of things but there's like always something and it's not just i'm in a dungeon or even space dungeon fighting <laughs> monsters which combat's cool nothing you know not to diss on combat folks combat's fun but decisions uh, the emotions we are you know drones of this soulless corporation trying to make the best that we can and just all the decisions that we have to make it's i felt like i'm i feel as i'm constantly in the shoes of my character which i try to do anyway mm -hmm. when i i i game but man i've been really feeling the oh man should we be doing this oh i don't know or like oh gosh i don't know if i would normally do this but in the circumstance i suppose it's there you go <laughs> or oh cool we need this Oh, we're super poor. Hey, we're going to get paid. Oh, we're not going to get paid. Oh, this is going up <laughs> for us. Oh, oh, they're out of business. Also, oh, yikes. Or, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? We keep the money. Oh, but their retirement. Oh, how? Oh. And it's always those oh moments. Because audience, if you can see my face, has been really fun for this AP. I'm glad I picked the character that I did. I'm having a fun time. And now as... The close of season one, it's, you know, hearing uh, Ellie's name for the first time since I put my backstory together and kind of like the whole, whole thing. Uh, I don't know who's who's on Patreon that listens to our um, greatest show on Earth, but I have a character there that is close related to somebody that there's this big reveal Episode one. So for that character, it's, it's kind of the pace for the entire thing. And if you haven't checked it out, go check it out, folks. Um, but I'm feeling that same kind of vibes here in a different way where there's this relation. And Abby, you had mentioned it uh, our last recording, or maybe it was on our Discord channel, which folks you could also pick uh, take a look at, where <laughs> there was these little backstory histories that we selected before the game started. And now I'm saying why, because it really adds an extra element of, mm -hmm. oh, that's the backstory I, I picked and it has that repercussion. Oh, mm -hmm. so 
a lot of roller coaster emotions, a lot of repercussions. I'll, I'll quiet down because I feel like I've been going on, but holy crap, what an adventure it's been. I am so jazzed <laughs> that you're so jazzed about it. Like, and and I really do love that element of of uh, the AP itself, kind of ca- having in game reasons for y'all to actually care about the NPCs that you bump into. Because sometimes that's really hard to connect with NPCs in any given role playing game, and uh, and you all have a built in reason to collect to to care about um, a good chunk of them. So I think that's super cool. Yeah, I actually just to, good to, to go on for that, you know, because I run our Rain of Winter campaign for Fantastic Worlds podcast. And um, I have a very hard time getting you guys connected to the PCs because it's really neat to see the evolution of adventure paths from where they were, because I believe Rain of Winter came out in 2013. And now we're playing, you know, um, this one, which just came out last year. So came out in 2020. So um it's fun to see the ways that the inventive ways in which adventure paths are correcting to try to improve certain problems. And one of those problems is connection with NPCs. Um, Like just the fact that the book had makes us do some tangential connections to NPCs in the game. I, I, my character is connected to Tarika and like my relationship with Tarika in game is so much more valuable to me because of those connections that were created by the book it didn't it didn't take away from my character it just improved and gave them depth and that was i love that i love that about this game yeah me too how about you heidi and jess how are you feeling heading into heading into season two of far beyond the stars i i'm jazzed like i'm excited um one of my favorite types of, of or genres of film is the heist movie yeah. uh, because it's, yes. I mean, uh, the, I'm definitely stealing this, stealing this from another podcast, uh, but they refer to heist movies as competence porn because it's a lot of people <laughs> doing something that they're really good at. Right. <laughs> and you're basically just like, this is, oh this is God. fantastic. Right. That's like exactly I get just, and it's, and and so, you know, in this case, maybe we're not the best people to be doing a heist, <laughs> but we are not untalented. And and I think there's going to be twists and turns. We, you know, we get to come up with a plan and try and make that plan work. And then something's going to go wrong and we have to, uh, like, you know, quickly shift gears to, you know, to try and figure out how to how to overcome this part of the heist. And um, I think it's just a lot of fun to to consider you know how how we can do how we can do that with our characters make the most of our characters skills and talents and then on a more personal level you know coming back to Saren Saren's got a lot of emotions from the end of season 1 and uh stuff that I've been mulling over and have have been trying to figure out you know some of what she's actually feeling and I sat down and I wrote something um Oh. And and I I got to I got to a point and I was like, oh, this is why this is why she's having this reaction. And um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see as like the relationships with the crew develop more, despite the fact that, you know, it largely, you know, we've had, you know, the some backstory, right? Obviously, like Saren and Friday have worked together for 
almost 10 years, but it seems like until recently we were doing just fine. We didn't really have any of the problems that, that we've had in the last like month. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It all went downhill real fast. It, yeah. <laughs> the house of cards well, or uphill, depending on how you look at it. It's amazing <laughs> how quickly relationships change when stress come becomes a factor in in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and they are. I mean, they've they've had some things that they're deeply affected by, and you know that they are confronting. And I think once we once we get to a point where we know more about what Saren went through, you know, as a on the show. I think a lot of it will make a lot more sense, right? She's opened up and kind of talked about your family and everything, but family uh, as it were, right? You know, mm-hmm. your mom and, and the golden league, but that's just <laughs> the iceberg, the tip <laughs> of the iceberg. Right. Ooh. So I'm excited to, to see what revelations come about in season two and, and how, um, how, the relationships with Friday and Miss Fanny and Ballad all further develop. Me too. I'm yes. Like all of that. So jazzed about it. What I'm most excited about too, is, you know, uh, our interpersonal relationship development, because we left off on sort of like, I don't know. There are some things that are not, have not yet been said. And it's like, you know (laughs) you hear about your it's like with it it's like Heidi said within a span uh, just a short period of time all a bunch of stuff is happening and in that short period of time you learn one of the people you've been working with is 300 years old and they've they were working as an assassin for a really long time and then oh their ex-boyfriend is a huge crime lord now and all this stuff it's like but you hear all of that and probably there's a certain level of like numbness because it's like, well, oh, I, this may as well be part of that, I guess. <laughs> oh, you told me a n- new crazy thing. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that might as well also be true. Why not? Um, <laughs> if I could accept the first thing. then. Uh... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, the, I feel like there's a lot unsaid in so far as like, so, space assassin so well i guess to them it's not but to me that's how i always think of her as space assassin (laughs) so so what was going on there what was what was your motivation and you know uh i don't i don't think it can go unsaid because if i feel like someone like saren and maybe i'm wrong but if you're hearing like yeah i just went around killing people for a long time there's going to be some questions, you know, or there's going to need to be some level of communication about like how we're feeling now. What's the water temperature like now? Or like how much trust can I put in you? So I'm interested to explore those things and sort of and delve into uh, a lot of details that have not yet been brought to light. <laughs> Cause it may seem like I revealed everything about ballad, but lest we, forget she's 300 years old so So a lot of things happened there's a lot to unpack there's There's a lot of layers on that onion 
that's why I, it's it's got to all come out fast because there's so much. Mm-hmm. You mean you Tip don't just have iceberg. like 250 years of absolutely nothing having happened and then like 50 years of just like nonsense? <laughs> you just like packed a lot of crime into like 50 years and that was really all that went on. <laughs> well, it was it was 100 years, so it was only 200 years of... Ju- no. <laughs> Oh, 200 yeah, years no, of chilling. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> um, well, that's kind of that's what I love about all of your backstories is that um, even with a, I feel we did a we did a lot of character development and backstory exploration in season one, particularly with Saren and Ballad, and a little bit of Friday. Um, all of that really was just the tip of the iceberg on on the the dossiers you wrote me on your characters and something i'm excited to do this season is see what we can pry out of miss fanny because so huh? far she is the biggest question mark of <laughs> the cast on this show this. <laughs> and angel no lie wrote me like a 14 page dossier on holy <laughs> hell miss fanny so we have so much to get to <laughs> I hope oh it was all God. as colorful and organized as everything else we've it, seen him do. It um. was. <laughs> Angel's amazing. <laughs> there are like Angel has a has a broken down list with links to other plate. Like he he made a table of contents so that I can flip immediately <laughs> to whichever part of his backstory I'm working with today, so that I can find the relevant stuff quickly. And Angel, like, bless you. <laughs> you are my favorite. I'm I'm not even ashamed to say it. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna move on. We're gonna clip right along. We're gonna go. We're gonna go talk to other adorable space people. Space. We're gonna go to space now. And I am also just yeah so excited to so excited to get cracking on this. So let's go. Uh, let's head right into my new favorite phrase: competence porn. <laughs> on far beyond the stars that is brilliant heidi what what podcast was that uh that was talks from superheroes uh a podcast wherein they review various like sci-fi and superhero movies on a weekly basis um uh, they also do, they're the network that provides the villain was right and oh, i hate nice. it but i love it all of which are phenomenal podcasts i love them they are very mm-hmm. funny Awesome. I might I might have to get I already like the villain was right, but I might have to give the other one a listen just because competence porn is such a is such a funny, accurate yeah, that, term for that, heist movies. That is great. <laughs> okay. But this is Far Beyond the Stars, which is also an excellent podcast. And uh let's take it away. Season two, episode one, friends. So the last we saw our calamitous crew, you had just met with your employer on the Voxa job, Lord Sinjin, who was very impressed with your creative problem solving on that job and also has a, oh, certain level of personal interest in one of you. (laughs) And, uh, you know, despite your misgivings about him and Ballad's personal uh, tension and well-founded reasons to not trust this guy, Sinjin did make you an offer that the four of you couldn't refuse, considering your imminent dismissal from your Edgecorp jobs. The plan is pretty simple. Quit Edgecorp before you can be fired, collect your severance packages, get your shares of the company, and ship out to the Horse Eye Orbital Plate, where Aline Rezora, an Edgecorp VP, is overseeing the construction of an experimental starship. 
And all you have to do from there is steal the ship from its top secret high security hangar on the plate and bring it back to Sinjin. Easy peasy. <laughs> Sounds like a, just every other Tuesday. Just a Tuesday. It's a no brainer. You're just going to walk in and walk out. What's the big deal? Like, it's not going to be hard. Nothing ever goes wrong in these kind of scenarios. <laughs> Nothing ever goes wrong in a heist movie. Simple. <laughs> so to get out there, the four of you booked travel to Avalon, which is the planet that the Horseye orbital plate orbits on a passenger liner. And the accommodations are pretty basic. Think third class bunk rooms on the Titanic. <laughs> Except, you know, you won't you won't drown. Friday definitely has a a rela- relationship with a high uh, first class uh, lady lady uh, during that time for sure. Oh, nice, totally. yeah, yeah. Well, it's it took it takes you it's you're going to be in the drift for four days, so you have a whirlwind <laughs> affair with one of those first class people, and you get to stay in the nice suite. There was lots of sketches done, you know. Amazing, <laughs> great. But we did, we survived at least. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't hit any drift icebergs, which (laughs) actually theoretically could happen. So that's. Oh, God. That's cool. (laughs) I'm pretty sure there's an adventure, uh, a Paizo adventure that's based off of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's there's just there's just chunks of nonsense floating out there in the drift. And you absolutely can crash into one if you're not careful. So. The journey uh, take, takes you about four days, and then as you're, you're uh, approaching the end of the fourth day, the captain announces over the shipwide comm that you're finally ready to come out of the drift. And if you're near a window uh, or the porthole in your room or the commissary or elsewhere, you see Abalon coming closer before you the closest planet to the packed world sun is hot small gray and covered in mountain ranges and craters and you can see the lights of these enormous high-tech metroplexes on the night side of the planet as you fly towards it that is not where you're headed and it will take the liner a few more hours yet to reach the horse eye orbital plate which is currently on the opposite side of avalon from where the ship exited the drift and uh i know that it's been you know, a couple of months since our listeners sort of heard from your characters. So I'm just going to kind of have y'all we're gonna do a little check in on how everybody's doing. And we're going to start with Friday Francisco, the captain. Or uh, I don't know, Dustin, is he the captain anymore? Can you be a captain without a ship? That's a good question. One that did not come into my mind, but you were going to ask me. So uh, I don't know how to respond to that. I would say, no, he is a captain in waiting. There we go. He's a captain in waiting. Uh, (laughs) I I think he's still a mastermind at heart. So there's probably a little bit of like the planning and the, the thought process. So he's still, he's still thinking about, you know, the best, what the best course of action is to make sure that everybody's okay and safe and that, uh, this goes off smoothly so we can walk away from it. Yeah. So thinking a lot about, uh, Sinjin and how best to deal with him, uh, and making sure that, um, Balin <laughs> doesn't go running off with him into the darkness at the end of all this. There is a little bit of doubt in her, his mind about that. Uh, so, so yeah, he, he, just kind of running through the, his brain, kind of thinking about things. 
he is a little more decked out than he was since the last time. Uh, but other than that, yeah, he's he's just he's he's probably like a duck, calm above the water, but just paddling away underneath. Uh, that's I would say that's the best way to describe Friday. Okay, staring stoically out of a porthole. <laughs> yes, <laughs> masterminding his little plans, In looking the first very captainly, <laughs> but you know, not currently the captain. Uh, moving on to Saren, you've been doing your best to sort of put your trauma aside for the past few days, uh, getting through the meeting with Lord Sinjin, bidding your quarters on Calamity farewell, and sort of contemplating your relationships with the people in your life who have said or shown that they, in fact, do care about you. Uh, how did you spend the four-day ride to Avalon? What did, what did you do? For at least a portion of it, uh, Saren spent that time in Jerbunk, tinkering away on Jambot, maybe adding that karaoke uh, feature that the, that the captain had suggested. And, uh, you know, talking, you know, talking softly to Jambot and... Uh, there are a couple times where she'll stop and pull out a Starfinder patch from your backpack and stare at it before putting it away. And mostly she tries to avoid making new friends, is still not in a place where she wants to interact with people. Um, on board the ship, are there any are there any other shimmering? Not on this ship. Okay, I know we'd seen some at the at the casino. Uh, yeah, but... that was that was kind of more of a um, sort of more of a pirates bar, you know, where people from all over the galaxy, even sort of more uh, more species that you typically don't see around, okay. uh, would hang out. And this uh, this is this is sort of more of a basic basic cruise liner. Um, yeah heading out to Avalon to sort of like commuter. Most of the time she just spends in her quarters or in your quarters. And I imagine, I imagine Ballad might try and pull Saren out of your thoughts or out of the, the quarters at some point, maybe Miss Fanny would. Yeah. I don't like, and <laughs> she would just kind of go along with whatever they want to do. So. Okay. Speaking of Ballad, I don't even know where to start with with Ballad. <laughs> Ballad had a very difficult hair-raising, gaslighting conversation with her ex-boyfriend turned crime boss lord in the season four, yeah. no, sorry, in the season one finale. And, and <laughs> yeah, it was it was creepy. It was emotional. Uh both of you were very hurt by the other in various ways. And you still ended up taking this job. Despite the, the the not so veiled threats that he leveled against your new friends. Yeah. She, it, 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 it's all very tough for her because she didn't really have, the final say, like it was a group decision. And even though she kind of wanted them to say no and just like not ever look back, like just get away from that guy. <laughs> She's definitely on a high, like I said, from 
feeling like, oh, I finally fully opened my eyes to what you are in no small part because you showed me who you are, which you've never, you know, fully been able to do before. Uh, but now that you have the power, you think you can do that. So, um, but she's not going to like be cowed by that anymore, you know? Yeah. As long as I don't look directly at this right now, I can focus on finding solutions through this new venture I'm taking on with my new, my new friends. So <laughs> let's do this. Like that's kind of her mindset. She's like, well, we'll get there. I, I can like fix it. those problems as long as I get some money and <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We're not focusing on problems. We can't fix. We're having that awkward, dramatic, but like 10 times more dramatic moment of like bumping into someone you knew from a previous phase of your life and realizing how much you've both changed. (laughs) Uh, And then also that old life colliding with your new one in new, strange and uncomfortable ways that makes everybody worry about you. I like it. This is great. Miss Fanny. I imagine you might be a little conflicted about this mission because you are on your way to steal an important project your sister has been working on right from underneath her, which may completely tank her career. And you also would know uh, that according to her and your family's Callistocrat beliefs, you are also potentially wrecking her ability to get to the Callistocrat afterlife by wiping this project out from under her so what's going through miss fanny's mind how long has it been since you've even seen or spoken to aline oh gosh like how estranged are you from your family since they were 17 so quite a while ago so it's been a couple decades since you've (laughs) spoken to your sister i would think that periodically they'd reached out didn't say the thing she either didn't think about or from her perspective, like, oh, this is the key dialogue. Wow, that did not go how the call want. I wanted the call to go. And I think we've all experienced, you know, reaching out to somebody with a kind of scenario in the back of your head where it just did not pan out. And you're like, holy crap, how did that go south? Probably I'm picturing her dialing the number to home and just, you know, stopping on the last digit and just walking away, maybe walking to another vid going, okay, and then not following through mm-hmm. and just walking around Absalom, where is where they grew up. So, you know, they they grew up on the orphanage here or on the station. So this is uh, their childhood, you know, childhood home or childhood station. And having this news before reaching there is just a, it changed the dynamic of, oh, hey, we're coming back to Epsilon Station. Cool. Oh, man. Oh, man. Should I stop by? No. What things has she done to kind of get ahead? Well, that doesn't justify, regardless of what, and, and it's that kind of, wow, that's really effed up thinking going, okay, well, it doesn't really matter what she's done to, <laughs> uh, to get to where she's at or who knows what. The, that's on her character, not on mine. Like, do yeah. I do I want this to be on my character that I did this to her? Like, now with a high brain is guess, and she used to do this when she was younger, and even for her fathers for advantageous reasons, like the intrigue, the sabotage. Guess what's super <laughs> handy? 
changing shape and looking like other folks. And that with the heist, it's, oh, that would, oh, that would be really helpful. Oh, crap. I'm not really uh-huh. done with this form. You know, I've, I've been in this form for a good solid while, but I don't feel like I've experienced everything that would really help me continue my empathy core values is, um, you know, releasing the shape because she doesn't do it now when she sleeps. The first time she was really damaged, uh, she could read it really quick. She opted not to do that. And it's, look, I've committed to this. Is it going to be really easy to shed now to to help with the heist? It would help. But holy crap, you know, I don't think the crew has seen me in my natural form. Uh, <laughs> oh, crap. Is this something to really, should I, ahead of time for the advantage or am I going to psych them out? And is it going to be dangerous for me to do it? Oh, God. Now there's that extra element. Just the swirl of madness just going on in Miss Fanny right now. Oh, yeah. And it's of nonstop. one thought leading to another, leading to another, leading to another with like this just absolute mess of how did it come to this? I was off doing my own mm-hmm. thing. And oh, now all of my family mess is coming to a head Right now, I guess. And I have to figure out like how I feel about that in four days. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's such a short amount of time. And so Miss Fanny's soup, probably the quietest the crew has seen, seen her in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe the, just to distract them, they, they're knitting, <laughs> they're crocheting something just okay. um, probably badly. <laughs> That's where Miss Fanny's at. So. Great. <laughs> <laughs> incredible yeah i imagine you because like because it's it's a bunk room sort of situation so like it's the the four of you got a cabin together and so it's probably a lot of saren and miss fanny and their own separate Mm -hmm. swirls (laughs) of complicated feelings about relationships and family and just trying to keep themselves occupied but like not really like talking about it while like i i just I just, I really, I really enjoy that image of, of separate, of separate togetherness with everyone yep. in their own personal hell, except Valid. <laughs> and Friday, Friday's off. Uh, you know, romancing a, uh, oh yeah, a fancy oh, right. Friday to woman, had a you know. great four days. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really just Miss Fanny and and Saren alone in the bunk room together, like mm-hmm. and just balance off meditating. pushing all of their trauma like down. <laughs> no, they're meditating, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that that doesn't help anyone else because they're just sitting there quietly. They're very calm, especially compared to you two. But that they're also used to making themselves calm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so it's the three of you in your separate togetherness, emotional, what the fuck is happening inside myself right now while Friday <laughs> goes off and uh, seduces the hottest, richest lady he can find. <laughs> and anytime he ever comes back, he just hears like emo music blaring out of the <laughs> Everybody hurts. Oh, I have to say that, that Friday doing this is probably not typical Friday. This is Friday dealing with emotions in his own oh, way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, his mom sure. just died. He's got his own stuff he's working through. He's totally just diverting into another set of more positive, happier emotions. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, What's nice is the rest of the crew would give you the widest berth because of that, too. It's... Uh, 
well, it's a little late for the captain to be cut. Well, he's fine. Well, he's fine. and here's the thing is the captain <laughs> didn't grieving. just lose his mom. He lost his ship. He lost his home. And mm-hmm. even though he has a path, um, a path forward, it still hurts to lose, lose the ship. He connected it with his mom and like the, like losing his ship plays like losing his mom in many ways in terms of his attachment to it. And so, yeah, it's not, it just, uh, he has to find some way to deal with all those emotions and this was just seemed to be the best outlet to do that. Absolutely. A few hours after you begin to, your approach to Avalon, the horse eye orbital plate begins to get larger in the viewports. It's a miles long floating factory with a flat upper surface covered in solar panels that are forever angled towards the sun. And you can see as you get closer, starships in various states of construction. Most of them are barely visible among scaffolding, robotic cranes, and a swarm of workers. They sort of hang like bats from the bottom of the facility. And among those vessels is a colossal bulk cruiser plated in gold, which definitely Miss Fanny would recognize, but potentially one of the rest of you, you would recognize that as one of the legendary commerce barges manufactured by the followers of the Prophecies of Calistrade. Hmm. Um, so but- ostentatious. <sighs> Very ostentatious. And, oh, and specifically made that way because the because the uh callistocrats have such a strict regimen of bodily purity that it also heavily restricts what foods they can eat so those large vessels need to accommodate um gardens like hydroponic gardens and livestock and whatever they'd need to be able to maintain like their standard of like pure eating so that's why they're just large so bulky and gold <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the four of you have had little else to do these past four days beyond turning inward on yourselves, except research the mission and try to get as much info on the plate as you can. And you've been able to find some generally interesting stuff that I'm just going to let you have for free because it's just widely available on the Infosphere. So the horse-eye orbital plate derives its name from Avalon's ancient nickname, the horse. And the station was actually constructed pre-gap by a coalition of species, including representatives from Lost Galarian. Many corporations use this massive starship construction facility simultaneously, generally subcontracting to anasite firms for the actual construction. And only the employees and shareholders of the various corporations are allowed entry, which fortunately the four of you now are. Yay! Yay. Shareholders! Shareholders! First part accomplished. And your ship docks in one of the middle levels of the plate where workers and guests are housed. Gather up your gear and you disembark and you're met with an anasite worker. Anasites are the... Um, oh. native species of Avalon, for lack of a better term, but they're uh, an android robotic race that actually does a lot of, like most anasites are actually very uniquely formed and they sort of graft a lot of whatever they happen to need or want on themselves at any given time. Unlike sort of more standard androids that you'd see around like Ballad, most of them have no need for a need or desire for a humanoid shape because humanoid people did not construct them. They constructed themselves. So the one that you see before you is a 
uh, sort of an anthropod roly poly looking creature for most of the body. Poly, yeah, yeah, and it has a a bunch of arms that come out on either side that have various tools on them that it might need to use throughout its day. So and awesome! Yeah, it's like I think anasites are cool. really cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I this is this is gonna be my next character when Friday dies. Obviously, I so. love that because they also have a really interesting interesting culture because they they don't really know who developed their race. Really, all they know is that they've just been left on Abalon to continue to replicate themselves, and so their culture is completely. It's completely android. It doesn't have a lot of influences from organic races. And I, so I just think they're just a really interesting wow, concept. That's super awesome. So you disembark your ship, you come down the ramp, this really cool looking roly poly anasite asks for identification. Uh, hi there, partner. My name's Frada Francisco. Here's my ID. Uh, you guys want to show your ID real quick here? Raising up a little, ch- little. Thank you. Thank you good yes all right you all do appear to be on the list of edge corp shareholders welcome to the horsei orbital plate uh i do have some notes and some rules just so you know shareholders are authorized to travel freely on the horsei orbital plate but some corporations maintain restricted areas you must secure separate authorization for entry to each of those regions the horsei orbital plate is not responsible for injury or inconvenience resulting from failure to obtain this authorization do you understand uh yes i understand thank you very much we click the accept terms and conditions button. <laughs> yes, that's like the <laughs> the Anasite holds out a tablet where you can all sign that you accept the terms and conditions on of your stay. And since you are shareholders, you are directed to a series of guest rooms on the middle level where you'll be able to stow your gear and start prepping for what you think you might have to do. We need a big round table with the blueprints and... Yes. Who's going to carve the figurines to represent different things? This peanut represents <laughs> the ship. This little, uh, this uh, sugar cube over here represents the entry point. We, we, uh, Saren, I'm sure has all the maps and everything prepared for us. Did I? Did I get those? I mean, nope. yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Like, uh, s- nope, Sinjin, Sinjin sent over some schematics of the of the ship itself that he's been able to glean at various stages of the process. But you have. No idea which facility is the one that actually houses the project. Uh, Seems like a good place to start. Saren, I think I think we're gonna need your computer skills here. We need to bust in and find some information, or maybe this is information they just have ready available. I don't know, but we need that information. Can you get that for us? Um, I'll give it a look, Captain. Uh, and. G, is there a is there a computer in the room like a yeah there's you know, a there's a computer in each of your in each of your rooms you want to go ahead and give me a uh i actually think that this is actually just free information um because it's just on the on the local infosphere they do have just some general information that is available to shareholders mostly to make sure that shareholders know where they are and are not welcome so you okay. are able to find 
that there are five areas on the horse eye orbital plate that are both company controlled and have restricted access. So they, they're owned by Edgecorp and only people who are actually working on the projects are allowed into those spaces. Okay. Are there names for each of those spaces? Nope. Okay. Nope. All of Uh, those projects are classified. Do they have the maps of the location? Like, don't go here. Stay off the grass in this zone. (laughs) It's just like a little wall map of, you know, you are, you are here. That's a, eh, no, eh, no, uh, not for you. But you are also on your infosphere research. You're able to find that the station does have a series of tours where shareholders can actually go to some of the restricted areas and, you know, do shareholder stakeholder things where you learn more about what projects you might want to invest in more with all of your fancy money and your shares of the company. We have so much money. So much money, you (laughs) fancy Um, pants. All right, Captain. And it looks like, looks like there are a number of tours that we could go on. There are five restricted areas and the tours are intended to give us an opportunity to figure out which of Edgecore's many projects we would like to invest in with our millions of credits of severance money. Perhaps we can each go on one individually, or do you think that this would be something we would need to stay together on? I don't see any reason why we can't split up and do some reconnaissance, as long as none of us are going to get in trouble. And uh, Friday looks at Ballad specifically for some reason when he says that oh, oh my goodness <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> valid just smiles <laughs> <laughs> well we should uh, definitely focus um on areas that are uh, working on storage capacity so cargo getting the most bang for one's buck uh, for transporting will, I think, re- help reveal uh, perhaps the uh, companies that are working on the specific uh, project. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's split up and see what we find, and uh, we'll meet back out here at the end of the day. Sound good? That sounds good oh, to me. Yep. Put on my Sunday hat. <laughs> or whatever. Brings Sunday. I, whatever the days of the week are. Friday excuses himself to his room for a second. He comes back out and he's wearing like you've never seen him so cleanly put on. Like he has the he has the the black damper suit. He has a bolo tie on that has a it has an emerald on the on the bolo tie. Like it it's probably a probably an heirloom from his dad. I'm assuming at some point. Uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, he has his dapper black uh, uh, cowboy hat on. Oh, goodness oh, gracious. Fancy. Fancy. What a fancy man. And Saren, on the other hand, is uh, not dressing up that fancy. Uh, though, though she did buy party clothes at the mall. Uh, <laughs> she did? <laughs> yep. Uh, she, bought, she, bought, she bought some new outfits. And uh, specifically, she bought a new set of armor, which is mainly the main thing that she's wearing right now. Uh, that she's wearing right now is this free, what's called freebooter armor, but it's you know it's the the leather jacket that um, she put on at the end of the last episode, and uh, and then and it's been kind of reinforced as well as these heavier duty pants and and really heavy boots. Imagine, imagine that you know she bought a Harley and decided to get dressed up to go riding, <laughs> riding your Harley. <laughs> 
So nice. Okay, love it. Um, Bala, what are you? What are you wearing? You trying on to put it on anything special? Oh yeah, she. Um, as soon as you know, we had shopping time. The the first thing they did was buy clothes, and because they have so missed wearing cute clothes, um, and so they're wearing like it's not huge. Okay, it's like a small fur coat and it's pink um it's very short like it hits them at the hip or it's like it's like a pinky like a deep salmony kind of pink uh fur coat and a mini dress and thigh high socks the thigh high socks are yellow um and super high platform shoes (laughs) (laughs) They look like they came off a of Betsy Johnson runway. Amazing. Just, let's just put it that way. Lots of accessories. Very like, yeah, very cutesy. Um, <laughs> and they've purchased several outfits like this. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, not to not to keep bringing everything like I don't know, like doing doing bits of the show always brings like various firefly episodes to mind but it's just that episode where like they have to go and like one of them has to pose as a buyer to buy mud and the only person that actually has like fancy duds that looks like (laughs) they would be a buyer of some sort would be like simon (laughs) aka like that's what dustin's doing right now and then i feel like (laughs) saren saren and ballard are doing like what kaylee and jane would have thought would be appropriate (laughs) like shopping clothes ballard doesn't even because i'm a fancy buyer (laughs) Oh no, they're they're dressed how they always used to dress. Like this is their style. Um, I like it. and they it's were like, good. I'm I'm I am not changing just because <laughs> we're supposed to pretend to be fancy. What this is what actual fashionable people wear. I think amazing. <laughs> Incredible. Very Alexis Schitt's Creek. Yes! Oh brilliant. <laughs> I love how she's so dressed. <laughs> that tickles me. Um and Miss Fanny, are you are you dressed in in your Sunday best? Oh, absolutely. So, um, Miss Fanny also went clothes shopping on top of buying a ton of stuff for their. Oh man, they should have. Yeah. I wish I there was enough for a, a little purse of holding because they're already used to leaving the ship with two bags for all of their stuff. <laughs> and I bought a lot of stuff, um, little little things. Um, but also did buy clothes. They got, uh, formal clothes, party clothes. So they, they also went shopping. So Miss Fanny, I'm going to say I'm going to put it in these Zencaster chat. Okay. Uh, Miss Fanny is actually drawing from her Calista Kratz. Speaking of which background who, you know, they're very big on white. Um, yes. And, um, uh, oh, so something, professional uh, you know in their mind professional from back they're drawing back from their the old days you know a little throwback to her business days so something that screams you know i'm here to do business but also a little you know they were feeling nostalgic with their a lot of (laughs) conflicting thoughts a little a little calisocrat nod so they went with a white white attire but obviously they're going with flats because Dang, <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. a little bit more sensible. The, the you know, um, Miss Fanny could put off, p- pulled off some heels, maybe some stilettos, but uh, she needs something practical, <laughs> you know, for her. Her dogs are barking after the, the <laughs> being for on the her last planet. Feet. All right, love that. Um, 
actually, like, I don't know, while we're here and y'all are unpacking and changing, uh, give me, give me, give me two fun things you bought that were not clothes with your, with your monies <laughs> that you got from the get around job. Uh, Friday, for the most part, isn't going to reveal most of the stuff he wants because he wants it all to be a surprise. But he did get some upgrades for his armor. Uh, specifically, he now has infrared ser- sensors, so he has dark vision. And um, he also got um, he got three magic missile spell gems. And uh, that, those are, those are, we'll just leave it at that for now great i'm terrified to find out what else you bought you already showed me one thing and i hate it already um but it was within the rules that i set out so that'll be fun for everybody to find out about later uh who else who else got something fun i got some fun stuff one of which i i think i'm excited more excited to role play out uh than than just describe right now um I did tell you, I did tell you what it was, Abby. Yeah. Um, but it'll come up when it needs to. The uh, besides the getting a new armor set uh, and some new new outfits, Saren specifically bought uh, bought yourself a new weapon. Uh, she bought a a tactical Dashko, uh, thinking, oh, you know cool. what? I'm already in melee. Let me get something that's going to hit a little bit harder than my, than my crystal Lance. Uh, and uh, for those who don't know, because I was confused for a long time, what a Dashko was. Imagine that, imagine instead of like a, a, a basically a battle ax that instead of having the sort of rounded ax head has a series of a series of spikes on the end of it. So so it, so it deals piercing damage instead of slashing damage. So I love Doshkos. I think they're so cool. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, There's such an interesting weapon. So, Mm -hmm. and and they're amazingly cute when skittermanders hold them. Yes. Everything's cute if a Skittermander is <laughs> oh, like yeah. if a Skittermander is nearby, they just automatically enhance the cuteness of everything in the area. But uh I, I like I like <laughs> the aesthetic, Heidi. I like the aesthetic of this with the freebooter armor. Like mm, it's a vibe and I, I like it. I said biker earlier. Um that was completely wrong. I'm thinking I'm thinking less biker, more punk rock, like seventies oh, so punk good. style. Yes. Like um got spikes on it like yeah yeah and um and so the the nice thing for saren with the the doshko is that it's technically an unwieldy weapon which means you can't make full round attacks with it mm-hmm. but that's fine because she never wants to full round attack anyway because she's got all of these tricks that she should be doing with with like that move action instead that's fantastic i'm so excited this is making me want to get like new character art very soon because all of you aren't wearing your edge corp outfits anymore uh oh, but that's a conversation mm-hmm. for another time a uh, ballad did you get anything nifty anything fun the bread and butter of uh salarian stuff which i'm just gonna read the name directly it's a soul fire shard apocalypse crystal um and the soul fire part is it's a fusion um which allows me to add my charisma bonus in on top of my strength bonus to uh damage um specifically 
for it's a, attached to the apocalypse crystal which uh, causes the damage dealt by my Solarian, because it's a Solarian weapon crystal. It causes the damage dealt by my chain whip to function as a force effect. And then on a critical hit, uh, your it says your target's molecules begin to lose cohesion, inflicting oh terrible <gasps> damage. That's cool. Um, which basically just means it's, it's 1d4 of corrosion damage, but... Not too bad. I couldn't afford the 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 real juicy weapon uh, crystals, but someday. Oh, nuts! How upsetting! <laughs> I'm really outraged on your behalf. Slash, I won't be giving you more credits, uh, Miss Fanny. Uh, Jess, I almost bought you one of those too, but I couldn't oh. figure out how. I was like, wait, do they go on there, or do you have to buy the weapon? I was like, you know, okay, well, next time, next time. But I was actually looking at those. I was looking at the one. That does a uh, um, that lets you do like electrical and then switch to non lethal. I was like, that would be yeah. such a misfanning weapon. It's like, here you go, dear. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm killing things. <laughs> That's an option. Uh, I almost got that one. That was that was my second choice. After I was looking at crystal. I was looking at that one. Miss um, <laughs> Fanny bought more things for other people. So Miss Fanny left little 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 did. gift packages for everybody. You know, they went shopping. They're like, oh, oh, Sarah would really like this. So bought a lot of little little cutesy stuff for the crew. But the um and they actually I didn't have to buy armor. I took out of storage their um Be- Vesk Brigadine armor, which back oh, from their you know military days. Yes. So it's time to nice. dust that sucker off, and nice. it's, it's much better than their Edge Corp one. But they didn't want to wear it because you know it just wasn't with the aesthetic. But my favorite item I will share is called it's a magic gear. It's reckless gloves. Uh, these thick leather gloves are often worn by aggressive vehicle pilots. Increase the collision DC of any vehicle you are driving by two and gain a plus two circumstance bonus <laughs> to your piloting checks when taking the ram and run over action. No! <laughs> no, stop! Uh, she saw those and just was like, oh, oh. they spoke to her. Oh, that's uh, incredible. Oh, uh, no. Oh, uh, the rest of it is very generic, uh, um, everyday gear, um, like a about a chemalizer and other little 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 Knick-knacks. things here and there. But yeah, most of the money went into buying presents. Well, I love slash hate everything that I've heard here, and uh, I think you all sound like you're dressed in a very dapper fashion. So it's time uh, to head out for various tours. Various tours are offered throughout the day throughout most of the facility. And there are five locations you want to check out, which means that there are five tours that you need to go on. So I'm assuming each of you goes on at least one. And then do you all go on the last one together? Oh, that would be fun, I think. I think that makes the most sense. You each go on uh, your own separate little tours. I think that probably out of the two of you, Miss Fanny and Friday are treated with the most deference by your tour guides because they're the ones who actually look like shareholders. (laughs) People who might want to spend a little money around here. The other two just look like children of shareholders. (laughs) I mean, I guess technically Miss Fanny is a child of a shareholder. Yeah, that's Uh, true. She's going to try to use a lot of that, although she's just loath to do it. Because it's one of those, like, uh, you know, the people that you change 
um, from who you were and you're definitely okay changing. Well, Miss Fanny was definitely okay. So it's, it's kind of like a bittersweet of, hey, I got a role to play. Oh, man, I was just the biggest shit, wasn't I? And it's just one of those sure putting the mirror back up. <laughs> yeah, so she's trying to <laughs> act that way. Like, oh, dear, you're too close to me. Thank you. That's fine. Um, and just kind of have that air of a Callistocrat um, of wealth, ask the questions. And in fact, the tour that they pick are the ones like, um, if my dads were here, which one would they like immediately get drawn to? That's the one that she's going to pick. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, although the folks on uh, the various tours are most deferential to Friday and uh, show him around through all of the various uh, places of the Starship facility that he's gone to, try to interest him in some various exciting features of the Callistocrat barge that they are currently designing that should have so much more space, four times the gold, all of the opulence. Uh, nothing nothing really strikes out uh, nothing really sticks out to Friday about anything on his tour same with uh, Ballad and Saren's tours honestly they're really boring the tour guide isn't really paying much attention to you anyway neither of you may be paying attention either really because again <laughs> nothing's really sticking out you're going through these various hangars you're looking at various projects Saren, you're looking at what they're calling like the new and improved BD series for cargo haulers that uh, are slightly larger in terms of cargo space, but that's only because they cut out space from the crew quarters. So you know how that do be. Ah, that sounds about right. Ballad, you see some new line. You'd see some new personal yacht ships that are being developed for the CEOs of Edgecorp. They definitely seem cool. There are some nice features there for those rich bastards. But again, no one mentions null space, cargo, anything. Nothing really sticks out. You're pretty sure that's not Project Oliphant. Mm -hmm. And then on tour number four with Miss Fanny... Again, nothing's nothing's really sticking out to you. Your anisite guide takes you down to a facility located sort of towards the bottom of the plate. You are walking along a curving hallway. Nothing's, I don't know, kind of barely paying attention to what you're being told until you see walking down the hallway towards you a blonde human woman dressed head to toe in white, walking and talking to an unusual looking mantis-shaped anisite. And Miss Fanny, you know who this is because even though it's been many years since you've seen her, it is your sister, Aline. I know me as a player, I have my heart in my throat. I could only imagine, and I am Miss Fanny, how Miss Fanny is just... I'm sure their breath stops. I'm positive they would have gasped how loud probably hopefully not that loud but just a slap in the face sort of oh I mean on a logical level she knew that's what they're there for is to find out okay where's the ship all of the you know they're they're in the surveillance mode but it's oh I'm running into her right now she's okay here um I think I'm gonna barf um (laughs) holy crap (laughs) 
And also like, oh, she looks so good, but also fuck. So yeah, again, all actually, those swirly things. She let was me barely managing. Picture. <laughs> oh, just to pause. Ooh, yeah, picture. Uh, you know, just to pause those thoughts for the sake of the mission, and now it's, oh, you wanted to wait and uh, deal with, digest those feelings later? Nope. Oh, she's looking fierce. She's looking oh. great. Aline oh, she looks is great. really living her best life right now, and you can oh, you can tell, God, Justin, like, <laughs> this woman, despite, despite the, like, nasty things we've done that we know from the prologue of season one that, that the horrible things this person has done, her skin is so clear. Those eyes are so blue. She has those bl- that blonde hair collected up into this golden headdress, and she has a golden circlet like a princess upon her brow. And she is dressed completely in this flowing, silky, white and gold dress. She looks incredible. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, God, so many feels. Yeah, I was going to ask, has she seen this this particular shape before? No, she's seen basically the standard, you know, Starfinder core <laughs> core races right out of the handbook growing up in, at the orphanage. I mean, um, you know, Relora had tons of forms to take from and had plenty of opportunity to study the other children to pick up on their mannerisms. But Miss Fanny's her kind of custom creation she did one, because her last form right before Miss Fanny was um, Sheeran. Mm-hmm. And so she liked having the extra arms, you know, even though one set you don't use. Those are the reproduction arms, kids. Look Those are up. sexy arms. Your sexy arms. <laughs> but she likes the multi-arm one. So Miss Fanny was kind of like a custom humanoid build. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's kind of like a new, um, you know, probably to this advantage i didn't think about this moment but probably an advantage that was custom because uh you know ellie is had to become really adept at spotting her you know in a crowd with you know very few maybe just a few sentences um really quickly as kind of a getting predatory you know well, top, and top dog type of deal. Yeah, part of her training probably too was learning how to was learning how to recognize you or potentially other like members of your species mm. um, out in the out in the wild. But good, given that she's never seen this form before, and you're not really talking, uh, she just sort of breezes right by you, talking to her oh, anasite companion. She does look over at you because you're wearing all white and she sort of notes you as potentially a fellow callistocrat and gives you a a raised eyebrow at your black flats but other but other than that she gives you (laughs) (laughs) she gives you she uh gives you a short nod and continues on her way uh she's really preoccupied so i'm gonna say she did not notice your second set of arms because uh, that actually would have been a dead giveaway that this is <laughs> that that would have made her think for a second. But she's a little busy right now because she's currently mid conversation with her companion. And her companion is a very unusual looking anisite that I'm also going to show you. So, so what you're saying is she failed her perception check. Yes, Thank she goodness. did. She failed. She failed her perception check. I <laughs> I set I set a DC in my head and I rolled it and uh, Aline. Oh, thank goodness. Aline's preoccupied right now, so she didn't actually notice your second set of arms. (laughs) Um, 
And Aline's companion is a anasite that has a very Ooh, interesting okay. and unusual form. Uh, this is a monitor anasite, which is a very mantis-shaped robot-looking creature with sort of a, uh, you know, a traditionally like insectoid thorax and uh, upper body with these those long arms that come out like pincers, like little saw blades, and a face that just has a little LED cross on it for eyes, and is just generally a very cool looking, very cool looking robot. Super cool. And this incredibly cool looking robot is currently talking to Aline. After so much overtime, the employees are starting to become discontent. Could pose a security risk. Oh, give everyone a few days off. We've come in on time and under budget. They deserve a chance to celebrate. (laughs) The monitor anasite replies, this is satisfactory. And they exit through a secure door into a restricted area marked with the Edgecorp logo. And given the presence of your sister and the Edgecorp restricted access door, Miss Fanny, you can be pretty sure that you have discovered which facility houses Project Oliphant. Oh, bittersweet. Yep. So good job. Phase one figured out. You know where it is. Now you have to figure out the how do we get in there? part of the situation so what do you want to do uh, are you going to take a little time to process first you gonna meet everybody back up in your rooms is everybody supposed to meet up at the bar have dinner and figure out what the next steps are what's what's the situation we probably go by the captain's plan so i guess it's friday dustin what would be the like after each tour what would be your protocols yeah, uh, I think we just all meet back at the room later that night. Oh, so then, as far as processing time, I Miss Fanny would just walk sl- well slower than usual. Would just slowly walk back to the rendezvous point. You know, each step just laden with. Like, oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> she was literally right there. <laughs> oh God, gods! <sighs> yeah, I'll. She would just use the time to to wait there. If she's the first one there, then maybe absentmindedly put together some appetizers. Uh, if they're there already, <laughs> um, you know, they'd probably just see the her looking a little pale as she came in to the. So it really depends of like who who's there first. I think Saren comes in last after everybody else. Uh, I don't know like what else everyone was doing, but Saren stopped to get dinner for everybody. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, Saren walks in and has two bags labeled Human almost food. chicken. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when it's almost time for dinner, it's time for, for almost chicken. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Is everybody excited about the almost chicken? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, was just, it was just needed with all the tension. Just We just needed that little moment to kind of... Uh, Especially considering, like, I mean, we probably don't have a lot of fast food. You know, on a ship, you just don't have access to, like, good foods all the time. So, Mm -hmm. 
Miss Fanny does her best with like the protein, the protein bars and rations. (laughs) Grocery outlet, the boxes with just the white box with the name on it, Mm -hmm. right? We just get Uh, the cans with the labels off of it. We actually don't know what's in the cans. mm -hmm. That's it. (laughs) That was how you were living for a little while. So this is a little bit of a luxurious feast. And I imagine that Ballad, Saren, and Friday come back in a little worried about how you're going to pull this off. You hope that the others found something because you found diddly squat on your tours. And you might be a little nervous that did you just miss something? But nothing. So when you all arrive, you're gathered, eating your almost chicken. Uh... (laughs) Miss Fanny, you share you share the news. You say you found it. Well, my dears, I very, very confident I found the facilities. Um, you know, pointing to brings up the map on the little, the, or the whatever map, the dad pad, the uh, whatever we have available, the table. Maybe we have it uh, stuck, pasted up like a heist movie with a little <laughs> everything X'd out or lines. You know, pointing to it, I'm. Yeah, it's this facility here that's housing the project, and there's actually there's an advantageous window we could take advantage of uh, due to um, uh, staffing. Um, um, uh, this is what I overheard: is um, there'll be less staff as they've come in ahead of time and under budget, so they're taking a, a well-deserved break, I, I, I imagine. So if this was a time to strike, it's it's going to be now. No looking back. You don't sound so sure about that. <laughs> Great job, Fanny. Uh, well, I, as far as I see it, we have a couple options. Uh, the first thing we can do is we could just go in be all our normal selves and just figure things out as we go along that always seems to work out somewhat well for us uh the other option is we could um maybe check out the local bar if everybody's being let off uh early they might be celebrating at the local bar maybe we take advantage and maybe see if we can get some information out of one of them um yeah what are you guys thinking uh i suppose i could also maybe see if I could hack into their systems and uh, add four new employees to the to the, to the roster um, that way you know maybe we get maybe we get a shift when everyone else is on a break you know has their time off someone's got to be there to clean right that might work all of those options are excellent excellent thoughts your computer right here in your room might be able to get you some information if you can figure out a way to hack into just sort of the general network that the edge car facilities are on you may be able to pull up a map of the facility if you wanted to do something as complicated as adding yourselves as employees the checks are going to be progressively more difficult for that of adding information versus just removing information or copying it and storing it elsewhere but that is definitely something you can try. Uh, Friday, yeah, your your estimation that there would be some very excited, very tired <laughs> employees perhaps uh, going out and celebrating on whatever passes for a bar on this station. Uh, that's that's 
likely to be true. That's what people do when they're celebrating. And there really isn't a ship leaving the plate for a little while. Well, here we go. Why don't we split up? Bala, why don't you come with me and we'll uh, we'll see what we can shake down from these uh, these locals. And uh, Saren, Miss Fanny, why don't you see if you can find anything in the computer? See what you can do. Work together on that. Sound like a plan? See if you can find any uniforms in my size, Cap'n. But yeah, I'll get to I'll get to work to see what clearances we're going to need to get in there at the very least. Yeah, yeah, you're the computer expert. We can't get ourselves in there as employees. You know, just do your best, do what you can. Make sure you stay safe. You too. You'll you'll be the ones going out there. So, uh, Ballad, I need you to put on all your charms. You ready to get out there? Sure. All right, let's <laughs> head out. Been- They've been working very hard, a lot of overtime, so you can pander to that, uh, those emotions. And uh, Are you folks okay on credits? I've got a, a few that I could transfer over. Oh, I'm I'm doing really good. There wasn't there wasn't much at the market for me to buy. Uh, here and so Friday really quick goes back into his normal like duster. You don't impress working stiffs in a suit, so not typically. then we'll head out bala what do you think we we gonna go uh you want to split up and you know i'll handle the working stiffs and you handle the executives or uh or you know (laughs) what do you want to do i mean i know you work with sinjin a lot so i'm sure you understand that uh executive life a little bit oh he was not an executive when we were together yeah but i did uh schmooze with a lot of rich jerks so (laughs) Yeah, you've, that you've is mentioned my that. Forte. That was your forte, uh, you know. And although the difference is, is this time they'll stay alive at the end. <laughs> yeah, no need to murder any of them, I guess. Um, all right, I'll go uh, <laughs> chat them up. You guess most of these people kind of suck, so it's not like you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, typically these would be my uh, kind of targets, and also I would love to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. If, if, if you see any openings uh, for to swipe a badge or anything like that, you know, go for it. But let's try not to raise too much hell. You know, that just raise alarms before we even get started. Yeah, sneaky swiping is not my forte, unfortunately. But uh, I'll see what I it, can do. It's not mine. But if someone gets drunk enough, you know, they, you know, hint, you know, enough of whiskey gets poured for them, they're gonna, they're not gonna be able to. Well, and there's know always the reach into their pocket to you know you know that little <laughs> trick mm-hmm. I, I don't know that little trick but i i think i know what you're talking about <laughs> wink <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's let's uh break up from here and we'll see what we get we'll see what we find uh meet back here in hour and a half you think that's enough time yeah roger all right so we're gonna split up we're splitting the split wow you guys are splitting up Every which away. Yeah. <laughs> what an exciting time. Saren, you have a couple options as far as what you want to do. You can try using this computer here in your room, or you and Miss Fanny could attempt to sneak into one of the office spaces that you, Saren, had a tour of and potentially get on an EdgeCorp computer that is actually networked with their server in addition to the general infosphere. That is significantly riskier but you might get more useful information that way. Or you could use 
you could do the safer, easier option, but with potentially less useful information and try to use the guest computer here in your room. Well, Miss Fanny, I saw I saw some good um, computers that would probably be networked better uh, on the tour that I went on. Um, but that does put us at risk. As you were aware, I am not very good at moving very quietly. Uh, what what do you think that we should do? Oh, well, each has its own opportunity cost. We definitely don't want to um, alert security before we need to. Not that we plan on alerting them. But if this gives us an advantage, um, during the tour, did it it seem like... um, Oh, goodness... I'm not as light on my feet as I once was. Um, hmm. What cha- how challenging do you think it would be? I'd be up to try. Um, what, what can be done just on, on these networked, uh, on this network? Could that maybe even raise a red flag? I'm sure if I tried to get into some of their stuff from this network, it could raise a red flag if I screw up, but higher risk, higher reward. I imagine that Edgecore probably has some better information on those office computers. Um, whereas what I find here might just be more generic because it might be connected more to the to the regular net. So um, I wonder if we could go through the tour again and maybe I could try and slip away while you take the tour. Oh, that's an option. Um, hmm. Split the split, split the split. split. I know, do a split within the split. <sighs> well, um, no longer a party, just individuals. And just with- I like it. This is, I like this a lot. Yes, I, this is a cool plan. This plan is cool and fun. <laughs> you oh, really goodness. do like to live on the edge. Life on the Cor- edge. <laughs> Life on the edge. The only thing we took from the company mm-hmm. is you like life on the edge. Oh. Okay. Do, is that is that what we're going with? It sounds like it. Woo! All right. All right. Let's do it. it. Oh, no. Abby's too excited about it. Abort. 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 <laughs> I love that each of you is going your own individual way to your own individual place. It fills me with joy. Do you take the same tour that you took earlier, Saren? Do you sign up for the same one since you're already sort of familiar with the lay of the land there? I figure, yeah. Yeah. Like that might be, give me the best opportunity. Maybe Miss Fanny can distract the the tour guide. Okay. So you go on the tour that Saren did and before you actually, you know, start heading into the facilities, your anisite guide is showing you a schematic of the brand new BD500 series, which is supposed to be just the epitome of an efficient cargo hauler. As you can see, the engineers have uh, maximized the amount of cargo hold space to make sure that your deliveries can go Further, faster, and with lots, lots more. About 20 tons more. Uh, all we needed to do was uh, take a little take a little bunk space. You know, they don't need as much space. 
And uh, we just we just shortened the commissary area a little bit and freed up all of this room. Uh, we also uh, did some upgrades on the hall plating. Oh, uh, pardon me. Pardon oh, me yes. for interrupting. Uh, uh, now, you said you shortened the space, but I'm actually seeing quite a few uh, amount of space that actually could be taken advantage of. Um, so just now the opposite of what she did for the calamity was to modify it for <laughs> other species now she's doing the reverse of and now this now this clearance here look folks can bend over folks do they really need to eat that much um in fact less space uh, you could actually space say uh, save space by encouraging a more austere uh, food regimen could you also not um, use these spaces. Is that part of a future line, or are are there other models that are also in development? <laughs> Anasites can't blink. That's just not how their uh, you know eyes are set up. But uh, there is a significant pause when you're done speaking, while the gears are sort of turning in your anasite guide's brain. In fact, um. I, I really need to know the exact space down to the micron. Uh, is that something you can send over right now to my pad? I'd like I to review the numbers. I, I would have to, That's really not my area. I uh, can. I would need to go grab one of the technicians and, and the and Yes, the please do that. Oh, well, we are, we're on a tour right now, ma'am. Just, I, nobody minds. Who else here really enjoys their profit <laughs> margin? Anybody? Mm, yes. More money? I certainly yes. do. Yes. <laughs> Hmm. I yes, think we'd I like to do. know exactly you, how to raise all of the other people profits. in the tour are definitely are definitely her rum fingers kind of like yeah absolutely I mean why was that not considered during the original design I mean <laughs> it, it seems like a complete oversight I'm not so sure that I want to spend my hard earned credits on a project that didn't take these things into consideration and uh yeah, you have a like. You're definitely causing a distraction. I will. I will give them. I will give the anasite guard, like the anasite guide, a, a negative to whatever <laughs> Saren wants to do. Uh, so, in this room, is there an opportunity? Is there a? Um, is there a computer, or is this a? I need to sneak out of this room into another room, sort of situation. You would need to sneak into another room. You're currently in sort of the the lobby area for the BD fourteen, or sorry, for the BD series redesign project. Uh, but there is a door that you can attempt to bypass while all this hubbub is going on that you believe would lead you towards some office space. Great. Uh, so I assume, is the door locked or no? Very locked. Okay. So I would need a combined stealth and computers check, I assume, to, to try and an unlock It would be an engineering check to unlock the door. Great. Ooh, nice. uh, um, how are you reacting to Miss Fanny's uh, other other persona? Uh, Saren also. I'm gonna. De- I've decided Saren also can't blink, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is sort of befuddled and uh, kind of went along with it a little bit in there, and it's, it's like uh, uh, I suppose this is the distraction, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to back away slowly uh, towards towards the door. Um, so an engineering check, you said. An engineering check. 
Yep. She she pulls out a couple tools and does your best to to work real fast on the door. Rolls an eight on the die for an eighteen total. To, Was that to for try your and pa- engineering check? Yep, for my engineering. All right. Do you want the stealth for me to? That passes. That's pass. That's a pass on the engineering. But I am going to need you to make a, a contested stealth roll too. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, <laughs> as Miss Fanny's watching Sarah and go away, I'm already doing a bit of early math until I get those numbers. Are they here yet? Um, based on this ratio per micron and cubic foot, I'm already seeing a potential. This would decrease our wealth with the current capabilities at a 0.06 percentage. <laughs> Unacceptable. Could oh, you multiply oh, that oh, over oh, multiple? Oh, 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 yes. Oh, 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 oh. We'd like to go. This is what I am proposing. Now, numbers, and I'm sure everyone here would like the numbers. Everybody have your data pads out? Or pit boys or omni tools <laughs> at the ready. Yes, we would like we would like these calculations again to the nearest micron, please. Oh, that's so helpful. Thank you. Thank you. What was that stealth roll there, Saren? <laughs> that was a natural twenty for a twenty-two. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, you uh you have definitely worked with this sort of security system before. Fortunately, this is actually a little bit old hat to you from your days working with Dade. You, uh, you're kind of might have run a couple heists before. It's you, yeah. this. This is not like a new mission style, really, for you <laughs> yeah. either. So, yeah, you pop that door open, no problem. Not a scratch on the lock. Minimal amounts of noise combined with Miss Fanny just raising hell over with the rest of the tour uh, you are able to slip into the office space yes there's a, uh, a, a series of cubicles you figure that uh, now that you're inside a secured area that you've seen the locks on these doors before they're uh, you know I mean they're not they're not like the most secure doors you have ever seen but it's a, it's a pretty nice security system you figure that most of the computers in here, they're they're certainly networked to the server, so you can really choose any one that you want. Okay. Uh, Saren will look for one that has uh, the the best sight lines for sure, but that she is least likely to get spotted in. Uh, if there's if there's a good one, maybe at a corner where she can watch kind of both directions. Yeah, absolutely. On your other hip, will pull open another pouch and pull out a data cord and with your other hand push down the collar on your jacket and plug the cord into the back of your neck what? And, and plug it into the into the computer itself so shadow and run i like it i'm imagining with this data jack that i purchased that she has these images that just scroll up on your eyes that she can kind of watch um, and process all in your brain rather than having to do anything like typing or anything like that because it's as fast as neurons are firing. So I assume I can make a computer's check? Yeah, go ahead and make me a computer's check. Hmm? Do you have one gig of memory in your in your computer check? <laughs> oh, God, Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> yeah, 50 megs. Oh, whoa. Not as ni- not as good not as good as my um, stealth roll. Uh, that is a six for a sixteen total. That's not gonna that's not gonna crack one of these. These are these are tier two computers. Okay. Um, 
And I assume I'm mm-hmm. hacking, so Yep. You may make you may make another attempt. Come on. Oh, I don't think this is gonna do it either. A nine uh, for a nineteen total. That's still not that's still not quite enough okay. for these computers. Do you wanna do you wanna try it one more time? Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna push it. Do one more. Uh, I imagine she's getting. Uh, she's not used to this. Every time that she, she's hacked in the past, it's been with you know the her your little data pad um, and hack or not hacking kit specifically, but um, what uh, cu- with your custom rig and uh, so doing it with the computer, the the data jack is strange mm-hmm. and um, oh gosh. Nope, can't roll hero above point, a 10. Hero point, hero point. Um, Oh, I can use a hero point, can't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and use a hero point if you want to. Okay, yeah, because that was to an 18. You. So, um, all right, hero point on that last one. 21? Meets it beats, my friend. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Meets it beats. <laughs> oh, that's tense. That was yeah. To make sure rolls. Saren has as much time as possible, this is like the dirtiest thing that Miss Fanny needs to take a shower after this. So she's been using her empathy and knowledge of other races to connect with them. You know, I've already mentioned like the Tarika first. Oh, how did you know? Now she's going to use the dark side of it. Do you folks remember the um, Next Generation episode where... Um, People were trying to bid on a wormhole, right? Riker, ooh, Riker <laughs> was the Federation representative, but the other person's representative was like a Betazoid and was kind of using that to feed on the fears of like, oh, the Federation's very militaristic. Mm-hmm. She's going to do like a scan and ugh, use that. So if there's like a species there that's all about more like a diversity or having everybody kind of synergize she's going to prey on that's like this looks like it's really promoting individuality just anything she could draw upon her hats like like fear tactics gotcha so you're so you're really working the crowd based on what you know about everybody else's like cultures from what you from what you can see from like either their species or what they're wearing or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm gonna say that at this point the tour group has begun to like move down the hall like they're moving like actually into the main hangar to go uh, <gasps> see the new ship and uh, Saren you see all of this information come up. You have successfully hacked into the network, but because it took you so many tries and you did not make the DC for not triggering the countermeasures that were in the firewall. Oh no. <laughs> your you also see a silent alarm begin. Okay. Far Beyond the Stars oh, no. is a Fantastic uh, Worlds production. If you enjoy the show, first of all, thank you so much. And you can get more of our lovely crew by going and checking out our other show, The Fantastic Worlds Podcast, which is based on the Reign of Winter Adventure Path for Pathfinder 1E. We also recommend connecting with our fantastic community on Discord and Reddit or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find links to access all of those on our website at fantasticworldspod.com. And... 
Uh, if you'd like to support the pod, which, hey, you should, it's a fantastic podcast and it costs us a lot of money to make, you should consider joining our Patreon by going to fantasticworlds.cash, where you can get access to all kinds of behind the scene content for all of our other shows, as well as a whole extra Pathfinder 2E podcast that is exclusively produced for our Patreon subscribers. I am Abby, your galactic mistress, and you can find me at Bonanza Famine on Instagram or Twitter. And I am Heidi, your punk rock Saren Caceres. And you can find me on Twitter at Vamahillion. <laughs> oh, and feeling so bad. Uh, here's Angel using, using empathy in the dark ways. Uh, you can reach me at Espinosa916. I'm a better person than that. Just believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, likely story. Mm, this or am is, I? <laughs> this is Jess. You can find me at Hank the Clank. And this is the great and powerful Dustin Prime. You can find me at Dustin Alexander. If you enjoy your fo- Wow. I was going to say if you enjoy your foe, but this is not foe. It is a real <laughs> show. If you enjoy our show, do us a favor and help spread the word to friends and family and uh, tell them about it. Change their presets on their phone. Go subscribe to our podcast on Spotify on their behalf. They will say thank you. And we'll see you next time. Far beyond the stars. Pew, 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 pew. Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder Adventure Path Fly Free or Die is a trademark of Paizo. Copyright 2020. All Paizo content is used with permission. Cause oh my god, I have stuff planted everywhere that I can't wait to show to you. <laughs> that's why I'm really excited about that's that's what that's my uh my big excitement point for season two. I just had this flashback to Lost and the random polar bear that shows up and I was just like, there better not be a random polar bear. I am going to, like, I'm going to try not to Lost it where I introduce a bunch of really interesting things that ultimately have no relevance to anything at all and are never mentioned again. Like the polar bear. (laughs) Why? I remember that. (laughs) Just a space Kokojiak. (gasps) <gasps> yeah, oh. just like, I'm just gonna have a random Coca Jack like floating out there, like somewhere. For saying and, this, and I just realized I totally introduced a polar bear into rain of winter. No, 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 but that makes Look sense because that was no. rain. That was rain of winter. Giant six-legged polar bear makes a, in like in a random attack in the wilderness, like. That somewhat makes sense, you know, like, but a polar bear on a tropical island, why? And then they never explain J.J. Abrams. Well, it's a mystery, you see. I hate him. It's in the box. What's in the box? I no, don't he's know. Just, uh. it's, a, it's a mystery. I hate that. Make sure you say safe. Say stay, safe. 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 Jesus. Stay safe. <laughs> Make sure you say 